Sound Depressed on The Ringer and Spotify. I'm joined by Jesse Parker Humphreys all the way in Australia and making his Counter Press debut alongside me in the studio. It's James Lewis. James, so happy to have you. We've been waiting to get you on the show for so long because... Oh, that's so nice. You are the f- the fountain of knowledge. Always, oh, whoa, whoa. always working away on Twitter, bigging up all the players, bigging up counterpress as well so yeah, we appreciate yeah. you for that so it's a joy to have you in the studio and of course we had to get you on after Jamaica's mm-hmm. massive result mm-hmm. boy, boy. Jesse you've come straight in from another game again this time I, like it was probably not a game that any of us thought was going to end the way it did what were the vibes like in Brisbane for Germany South Korea I've got to be honest, I did just hear someone in Brisbane CBD singing Sweet Caroline. So (laughs) I feel like the vibes are good if you're an England fan, clearly. Um, Yeah, I thought this game was going to be a bit of a dead rubber. I can't lie. I underestimated South Korea's ability to get anything done because they'd been pretty meh so far in in this group. Like they hadn't really shown anything at all against Colombia or against Morocco, but they had a plan for me. Um, and yeah, like one of the most shocking moments, I think, of the tournament so far. We've had basically nonstop shocks over the past two days, but I think this one takes the biscuit on all of them. The shocks today in this final round of group games, they felt like bigger shocks because in some of these other matchups, teams had shown little snippets of what they could do. But let's be real, South Korea had not been good in this World <laughs> yeah. Cup so far. So to pull that out of the bag is really something incredible. This is day 15. The group stages are officially done, which I'm gutted about because I'm just going to miss wall-to-wall games. game Days where we had three matches in a row. Um, I'm going to be yeah very sad. I think we had some days with four as well. Yeah. I think it's going to be really sad to not have the sort of like wake up Watch football. I won't miss that. 2 a.m. starts. Yo, James, you've been doing the 2 (laughs) a.m.ers. I have been up, my coffee, me and someone in Australia just chatting, like, make sure you talk to me so I stay awake. And it's, yeah, it's worked. So, how have you been doing it on Twitter? Just finding like Twitter pals to watch it with? No, people on PS5, just finding different people on PS5, like, do you want to play for the 500th time in a row? Like, I, I just need to stay up for these games. So, as long as I got someone to play with. So, you watch the games while playing FIFA or something? No, I'll watch. I'll play until the game starts. Okay, so then that'll I'm keep you in. away. Yeah, just to, just so I'm not like falling asleep while they're like doing like punditry and stuff like that. Wow, you're a braver man than me, my friend, because I'm be like, no, nope, 2 a.m., <laughs> no thank you. I'll be watching the 90 minutes back on iPlayer. I can't do that because it's just, I'm too old. I get too tired. Uh, but yeah, I won't be missing the 2 a.m.ers. Um, and we have to talk about how funny it is as well that the USA's draw was lined up for them to get another 3 a.m. game in the round of 16 <laughs> and they stuffed it up. So the Americans' sleep patterns are about to get shaken up once again. Um, But yes, we've got so much to get into on today's show because we've got to talk about the drama with Germany today and Morocco going through. Absolutely huge. We've also got to talk about Jamaica and South Africa going through and Brazil crashing out in Marta's last World Cup. It's going to be an emotional one. Let's get into it after this. Well, let's start with the games today because we are fresh after the final whistle for those. Colombia and Morocco advance out of Group H. 
Colombia, Jesse, you and I, they were our nice picks um, to to really do well in this group. But we had high stocks. We had off. high stocks. We invested a lot of the counter press money <laughs> into this group. But can I say Morocco going through in a group with Germany, Colombia and South Korea after losing 6-0 to Germany in their opening game. I know there's been a lot of discourse around shocks and upsets in this tournament, but I'm sorry, that is utterly ridiculous. No one was saying that. Nobody, like, I will not believe anyone was saying, (laughs) especially after the 6-0, that Morocco were going anywhere from this group. Um, But it's, it's incredible. And, like, testament to them as a team to pick themselves up after that and and be like that doesn't represent us and who we are and we believe that we can still go and get results in some ways I think that's been the beauty of having this 32 team world cup is that you've got groups whereby okay there might be one or two traditionally big teams and you might even do badly against them but there will be other teams in the group who you feel like you can get results against and Morocco went they got the win over South Korea and they needed the South Koreans to do a little bit of a favour for them. But they went and the Moroccans did their job against Colombia. And look, I mean, they owe South Korea a nice round of dinner or something like that. Because, <laughs> yeah, they they really helped them out there. But what an incredible moment. That video of them watching on their phone is like, it's so heartwarming. Um, and yeah. Really well deserved. I wish uh, Cho So Young was still at Spurs. She's a free agent now because Rosella Ayan, Cho So Young reunion when they see each other after the favour. <laughs> I think it's good that she left Spurs because I think it would have been so Spursy for her to miss that chance. So <laughs> yeah, I think it was only that she was freed from the shackles <laughs> of that yeah. North London team that she could score it. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes us even sort of funnier. Really, is that. South Korea had nothing to play for today. They, 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 but they came out firing in the first ten minutes of that game against Germany. They get the early goal. They had a very early chance as well that hits the post. It was more energy and impetus and just attacking fluidity that we'd seen from South Korea all tournament. And they just saved it for the final game that meant nothing but just to cause Germany problems. It's kind of incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's I am CEO of having dog. As long as you <laughs> go onto a pitch and you have dog, anything is possible. It's true. So it's like even though the game really didn't mean anything for South Korea, it was like, we're at a World Cup. We're facing Germany, an incredible team. You will tell your kids one day that you stopped Germany. And I think that was the big power for them. And I think the defending has been a bit shaky at this World Cup. So it's kind of like any team that goes out there, like a chance will come. Make sure you take it. Wow. James has been reading my defending is dead PhD (laughs) before he comes on the show doing his homework. But it's, it's interesting because none of us really rated South Korea going into this tournament. Their record in the World Cup isn't great. They've only ever won one game. Um, And even though they are, um, Asia Cup runners up and they are technically higher ranked, but we all know the rankings are like pointless at this at this point. Um, but so I don't think any of us really expect them to get out of the group anyway. But the fact that they had been so poor and then pulled this result out of the bag is, is kind of amazing. But Jesse, let's talk about Germany's performance because 
Those guys took one hell of a beating out there because going into this, they were my favourites to potentially win the World Cup. We know that they really had their eyes set on getting deep into this competition. Alex Pop had already set the tournament alight and was heading for the golden boot. The, the result against Colombia looked like a setback, but it felt like there was room for improvement. The defending has been really poor. But today, they not only had the abysmal defending, but they didn't really create enough outside of the Alex Pop headers that that one she scored, one was offside, and another one, I think, was um, saved or, or just off target. I can't remember, but she had three really good ones. But outside of that... She hit the post. Hit the post, that was it. Outside of that, they really created very little. Yeah, I think their XG ended up at, at 1.3, um, which is really not particularly impressive um i think given the the opponent they were facing and what was on the line for them um i think that alex pop quote afterwards was that they were told during the second half that like it was really important they got a second goal and you're like yeah duh like, you, really, you needed to win this game also regardless um, but also regardless try and win the game anyway and this is what's so weird is i mean i went into this game thinking there's no way germany wouldn't win but especially mm. when they scored before half time i was like there's no way South Korea are going to be able to hold out another 45 minutes, especially when you'd see, you know, when you look at the players that the Germany did have on the bench that, you know, for example, they had players like Leuports, Magul and Yomi obviously did come on. Lohmann came on and she was like the only one who looked really good. But they also seemed to have this very clever tactic that was working really well for them, which was put the ball on Alex Pop's head. And then they stopped <laughs> doing that tactic. And I don't understand why, because as you just said, like she scored off one, there was the offside one, which actually like, I can say this now because Germany did go out, but I'm so sad that goal was offside because the touch from Leah Schuler to set it up mm. was Chef's absolutely kiss. gorgeous. Um, and then, and then obviously the the one off the post. Um, and I was like, why did Korea keep leaving her unmarked? But it was so strange. Like they they just have no shape, no structure, no no plan on the ball. It's so vague. You had kind of like De Brits drifting further up the pitch to sort of play as this ten. Then you've got Eula Brand tucking in. Svenja Huth's trying to cover the whole flank on her own, which is really bizarre <laughs> because you think if Huth is going to play right back, you want someone in front of her, not just like her marshalling the whole space. Um, they look so disorganised. And honestly, I think maybe the most damning thing is they didn't really look like they cared either. Yeah, you were saying, Jesse, at full time, you were surprised at the look on the German players' faces. We compare that to some of the other shocks we've seen this tournament and the distraught way that players have left everything out there. And you said the German players were just a bit sort of subdued. Yeah, they almost looked dazed. And and to a certain extent, I can kind of understand that, like... I don't think I really needed them to like fall to their knees and like bang the floor if that's not how they felt. And maybe if I'd been in their position, I would just be like kind of unbelievable. And they obviously have that confusion of like they it was about a result in another game and you might not know, you know, they both played really long periods of injury time. You might not know exactly what happened. Um, but yeah, I think the overwhelming feeling in the ground was just one of, from from the players at least, was just one of pure shock. And at the World Cup, they're making all the all the subs warm up behind the goal. So you also had this weird thing where the German subs were like watching on behind what was the goal Germany was attacking. Um, and they just had this like real sense of confusion almost I think as they were as they were watching and, and Germany really needing to score uh so yeah I mean 
I think that the reaction within the stadium was also just one of just shock. And then I went on Twitter and everyone seemed shocked as well. And I just think this, you know, the the other groups where there's been upsets, like with, with say, the, the group with France and Brazil, and you're like, yeah, okay, both France and Brazil had to play, you know, a really like high level opponent in each other. And then they had like complicated games elsewhere in the group. But Germany, this group just, felt like a home run for them in terms of in terms of where they were supposedly compared to the other teams and i even think you know colombia aside who i think have looked very good this should still have been a home run for germany and it's a massive failing on on the part of their manager i think uh, and and on the players as well because as i say i really don't think they aside from uh, cindy lerman when she came on i really don't think they cared at all <laughs> um it, it certainly didn't feel like that um so yeah, just bonkers, really. Yeah, and it was weird to not see Lena McGall come on. I don't know if she was injured or ill or what's gone on there. Maybe there'll be a bit more in the post-match comments that come out. Also need to give Colin Bell, the South Korea coach, a bit of credit because he brought on Park Eun-sun and went to five at the back. And her bigger presence, physicality and height, I think did make it harder for Pop because Pop was just all over them. Like, it was so easy for her. But she got double teamed for the last sort of 20 minutes of the game. And it really did reduce the chances that she was getting in the box because she kind of had a free reign on those. But at the same time, you're Germany. You can't be that one-dimensional in how you play. We all know that Alex Pop is such a threat. And you've got to play to your strength a, a lot of the time. But you've got to bring something else. And like you say, Sydney Lohman was the only one who was sort of trying to make something happen. It was almost like they thought, even when the clock was ticking, they thought, we are going to find a way through this. A goal will come instead of being urgent and also a, a little bit desperate for it. And that's probably why fans will be absolutely gutted because when you see your team sort of just evaporate out of a tournament like that and then the other hand over in um, Perth I think it was the Perth Rectangular Stadium of course the iconic Rectangular Stadium we have Morocco (laughs) getting a 1-0 win over Colombia another result that after Colombia's performance against Germany after their performance against South Korea, having been one of the most impressive and exciting teams. I mean, Wrighty was on our podcast the other day saying he thought Colombia could go and win the whole thing. Oof. You see, I know, it was bold. It was bold. I think all of Big us were too, were too nervous it to be like, bold. Are, you, are you okay? Okay, Unc. I know, I know you're lonely in Australia, but, um, but they have been impressive, right? And for them to grind out a really good 1-0 win. Even though they had to be scrappy and get a rebound from a penalty, they played well in this game. Just throwing the narrative out the window, James. Yeah, I just... I feel like Colombia, they they gave it everything in that Germany game. Mm. All, all the credits that they have, everything was in that Germany game. So it was kind of like, whatever happens after, let it be. But I think Morocco are a good team. I think that was also quite slept on. I feel a lot of the nations that are providing these shocks are actually good teams. But if you haven't seen it, naturally you're thinking, I'm going to go with what I know. But I've, I've, I've felt something. But Rosella Ayan, she's a completely different person from Morocco than she is for Spurs. Mm. I, I really stick with that. Whenever I see her play, I'm like, nah, this is, it's something. It's, it's like the nation buzz. I, I don't know what it no, is. No, I agree with that. And uh, Morocco are a team that struggled to score goals. I think she came in on the second half on this one. And they've got a lot of nice very technical yeah. players, but they do struggle to score goals. They relied on penalties to get them out of some of those AFCON sticky situations as well. That's a crazy, that's a crazy, that's a crazy but thing. But 
to 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 be solid enough given the result against Germany that was really poor defensively yep. and they collapsed on themselves a little bit so to be so solid in this game and the game against South Korea I think it just shows the growth and also Jesse I think um their coach deserves a lot of credit as well because I think we've seen managers not adapt game to game enough in this competition and get very cocky and take their eye off the ball a little bit. But Pedros, for like since that beating that, that Morocco took in the Germany game, has just set his team up and like they've really bounce back and that is really impressive to do I think in a World Cup especially after such a big setback yeah obviously tonight I was at at the Germany game so I I haven't really watched aside from you know peering at my brother's phone for the sort of last 10 minutes of it um how, how they look tonight but I definitely thought in the South Korea game I was really impressed with how they utilized the space and the confidence they had in their own ability to to take on players 1v1 and to win the individual battles and I think that's what really stood out in that in that game and that's also why this group is so confusing to me because part of the reason why I felt like they stood out in that game was that South Korea looked so bad and so then you go into this game against Germany and you're like but I've watched South Korea play really really awfully for two games in a row and now this one it's like they suddenly find this real solidity and you know this like pressing basically um but yeah I I thought Morocco like clearly have a number of of very very talented players and and I think a number of players who've who've maybe been slept on in terms of club football as well I think that would be a really interesting thing to see from this World Cup whether diversity of scouting which isn't something that's always easy in the women's game because of things like uh, visas and Brexit and you know the way the point systems work um but i think it'll be be fascinating to see how yeah some of the bigger clubs across europe maybe look at uh, at performances from lesser in inverted commas nations because i think we've really seen like the technical ability of players um i think it's been really consistent across teams and that's what's allowed coaches um in these maybe like unexpected nations to set up really effective game plans against bigger sides. Morocco have a really tasty round of 16 against France, which is going to be a really, really exciting one. And then Colombia are going to face Jamaica in what could be a quarterfinal setup for either England or Nigeria. Before we wrap up this section, Jesse, I know you're, you know, you, you keep your eye across the Frauen Bundesliga and, and sort of German women's football Twitter. Germany getting knocked out at this stage. They've never been knocked out of a group stage before at a World Cup. So this happening, like, what do you think the fallout's going to be? Are we going to see Vosthetlenburg be sacked, leave? What, like, what do you think the aftermath is going to be? Obviously, we'll see where these post-match comments go, but surely this could be a serious sort of spiralling moment for them because, like, this is... This is seriously low stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I think the concern from a German perspective would be that I think lots of people saw the Euros and reaching the final as, you know, go being back on the up. And I think realistically, if you take a step back, that was almost a blip, uh, a blip in the matrix. And I think, you know, Germany did play well in, in that tournament, um, and, but it just shows you how fickle tournament football can be because I think outside of that, we've seen 
a pretty poor run of results for Germany. I think lots of people were kind of fooled by their Euros performance and the results they had before that and thinking, oh, well, when they get to the World Cup, they'll they'll find a different level. But, you know, the different level seems mainly to be Alex Pop. And that's not very sustainable. It's, it wouldn't be sustainable to rely on one player anyway. It's definitely not sustainable when, when you're talking about relying on someone in their 30s um, who, who shouldn't be he's not going to be playing for you for, for for a long period of time. And, you know, Pop was asked after the match whether, this, you know, this this might be the end of her, her time in international football, whether this will be her, her World Cup and she didn't want to kind of comment on that. Um, I think there are a lot of teams and Germany aren't the only ones who, who have to answer to this, who have for a long period of time been ahead of the curve. And as a result, they've been able to get away with a lower tactical standard and I think this has been the World Cup where we've really seen that shift around and you know Germany has been the frontier of women's football from basically the start and clearly you know teams like Wolfsburg and Bayern are still really up there but there are other failings within Germany and within the development of players that's going to be true for a lot of nations, though, and I do think primarily the failings with Germany recently are tactical because when you look at this squad, there is just no way that this squad shouldn't be like at least at a quarterfinal stage in terms of, you know, the the talent there, the clubs that they play at and the like facilities they would get as a result, the development they've had throughout their career. And I think if you watch these German performances... You know, there's an argument for like some teams that in three games you can be very unlucky, right? You you can have three games is enough that you can like kind of just fuck it up a little bit. But these German games, like they've just not deserved to win them. And that's that's a big problem. And Voss Tecklenburg made big decisions, you know, across this tournament. Huth at right back you know, playing Pop and Schuler together today. Like these are tactical decisions that I think she got wrong and it kind of has to start with her, the investigation. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Let's talk about some of the other big stories though from the last few days. Talk about what happened yesterday with Brazil, Jamaica and South Africa next. Right, James, it's your time to shine because I know you've, been, for you've been celebrating for the last oh, 24 yeah. hours after Jamaica <laughs> got through to the round of 16. Unfortunately, it had to be Marta that took him for the team in this, <laughs> which is so sad because it was it was it was such a tough call as a fan yeah. to watch so many kind of special storylines and narratives and everything kind of collide at once because whatever happened there was going to be a loser, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's start with Jamaica because that nil-nil draw, they end the group stages unbeaten, Bap. haven't conceded a goal, Bap. like uh, unbelievable <laughs> in a group with France mm. and Brazil. Mm -hmm. Utterly, utterly incredible. Um, I mean, did you ever see that coming? What were your hopes going into this World Cup for Jamaica? I have to be honest. I have to be true. I thought Jamaica, we were going to go there and we were going to get cooked by France, cooked by Brazil, but then we were going to give Panama hell. I yeah. thought we were going to leave with like a 5-0 Panama win. But um, nah, completely opposite. 
And also all of that, and Bunny doesn't even get on the score sheet in any of these games, which is also, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk about that. But I think what's been so impressive about Jamaica's performances in this tournament is that defensive unit. Because they are coming in at such a disadvantage, not only when it comes to the training camps. Jess, you, you made the point that they played a pre-World Cup friendly against Sheffield United, for God's sake. I was there. I was there. Iconic. I was there. James was there. <laughs> Lest we forget. Okay. The game was dire. <laughs> the game was awful. Um, so they, they, they've been shafted by their federation. We know this. They haven't had the proper resources. They had to crowdfund to get to this tournament. And, you know, the team made a massive point after about saying, we defy everyone to be here to get through but it's that defensive unit of players who really aren't playing in top tier of yeah. European leagues but have been grinding out some fantastic defensive performances led by Becky Spencer who has struggled the last few years because she's been in and out of that Spurs team because yeah. they play a rotation with their goalkeepers she's also been injured she's coming towards the end of her career she's been fantastic when they needed that experience most they needed a cool head she's been there done that and that whole defensive unit it's been a joy to watch the swabby sisters like it's that's been the the foundation and bunny's led from the front in a way with her physicality and being aggressive and trying to work as a leader but they haven't played in a way that's right give it to bunny because they haven't really been able to do that it's the defense that's kept them in this tournament yeah you know i'd i'd say it's been incredible but i also want jamaica to be more expansive because you can't you can't go for a whole world cup just putting up a wall and saying you're not getting through us like mm. we do need to see more of bunny especially i think even in that chance against france no against brazil she had to that get one it on target. It yeah, I'm saying, Bunny, this is your chance. You know, mm. we know we know what you do. We've seen it in the WSL. That's when we need her to be more of a leader. Like, I will get that goal. When kind of like pop in Germany, that one person give it to her, she will score. But defensively, I've I've really loved it. But I didn't love it against Brazil because I felt the vibe was we're just gonna defend instead of we're gonna go out there and see what we can do. It was just inviting pressure straight away, and it was like. No, Brazil can still cook if you give them the chance to. So I think it was a dangerous game plan, but ultimately incredible defence got us through. I can't believe we got through, but saying it again, Jamaica got through. <laughs> one of three, only one of only three teams that haven't conceded: Japan, Switzerland, Oof. Jamaica. I wouldn't have had, I wouldn't even had all those three teams Oof. to be honest going in. Is any of them that we're going to no. have a clean sheet? You could have made some good money if you'd uh, put put some money on on those three as clean sheet teams at the Jesse Parker Humphreys bookies where you get the most <laughs> if you come to odds. the Jesse Parker yeah yeah you'd have got good odds on those Jesse let's also talk about Drew Spence obviously former Chelsea midfielder wow. spent over I think a decade at the club moved over to play with Jamaica and she's been crucial Chelsea legend because you need that just experience, ability on the ball, toughness. Who's someone who's going to fly into a challenge, especially when Bunny Shaw missed that second game after getting sent off. Drew Spence had a really, really good World Cup. Yeah, I'm buzzing for her. Like for me, she's been Jamaica's standout player. There's a couple of others I think who could like make an argument for it, but I feel like she's just come in and been a real leader in this team. Um, and I actually felt before the tournament that like her ability to link up with Bunny would be really key for Jamaica scoring goals because I kind of thought like they were going to have to score goals 
it turned out they didn't need to score. They only needed one goal to get through. And so props to them on that one. Um, but I think Spence's ability to kind of play this dual role whereby she's free to make those interceptions, those tackles that we know she loves doing in the middle of the park, but also get forward, push up, try and support Bunny or whoever's playing up top, um, you know, carry the ball. I think we've really seen like what an all-round midfielder she is. Um and, you know, given what happened to her as part of the, the England setup and her experiences under Mark Sampson, I'm just so happy that she got to go and play international football at this level um, and, like, show globally what an impressive player she is because I think she is someone who has been such an incredible part of, like, WSL and Chelsea history. And she continued to play a really important role at Chelsea, you know, similar to what we've seen her do at Jamaica for a, for a long, long time, I think. For a long time after people maybe would have thought that that she'd have moved on from the club. Um, and, you know, like, she went to Tottenham, she got the minutes there. Um, and she's she's looked in great form for Jamaica and... Yeah, I'm so happy for her because she's just one of those incredibly underrated players, I think, in terms of her all-round ability. And yeah, I think she really helped lead Jamaica through this group stage. James, to your point as well about the supply to Bunny, Lucy Ward made a really good point in comms yesterday, which is it's just they need like one or two extra passes there. They're releasing... Sure, so early. She's she's doing what she does well. We know she can beat people in a race yeah. and a physical challenge because that that's her down to a T. And yep. then in the France game, she was really good at winning fouls. Yep. That's you know her cup of tea. But yesterday in the in the game against Brazil, it was they were releasing her, and then it was her versus like Rafaela and Antonia or Tamires. Yep. It was it was too, it was too much to ask of her, even of someone of her ability. Yeah. So you think actually maybe with a little bit more patience. And a game where you think in that round of 16, Jamaica could do something against Colombia. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. (laughs) I mean, it could could be possible, but even even getting here in this moment is something that the team should really sort of um, take take a moment to reflect on. And and they certainly did. I mean, when Bunny Shaw dropped to her knees and was just bawling her eyes out. And she's someone that, defenders fear just because of her sheer size she says she's such a kind sweet soul she's such a funny amazing person but for her to just let her heart out on that pitch and then for her teammates to embrace her and for them all to be holding each other in tears like it gives me goosebumps now thinking about it because it was such an emotional moment for them all the journey that they've been on together and then we have that with Marta's goodbye Marta pulling Bunny Shore in to have a conversation, pointing at her saying, you know, you are the future uh, generation and Bunny Shore saying, you inspired me. Thank you. I was in, it was so emotional yesterday. The whole game, the fact that we had to say goodbye to one of those teams, the fact that Jamaica went through, it was such an emotional day. Yeah. But I think one of those moments that will go down in kind of like World Cup history for both the teams, really. Yeah, massively. And you got to think last time Jamaica was at the World Cup, they got destroyed by Italy, who's out. They lost to Brazil, who's now out. It just shows how far Jamaica has come. I remember Jamaica's not even supposed to be here. And so many things have gone against Jamaica. And Jamaica have just fought through it. And it's just incredible. I think Bunny will be unleashed next game. Against that Colombia game, I think 
all the nerves of getting through is gone now. So it's just, I hope that gives everyone the chance to just play. Just play, no pressure. And also, Jess, we were kind of talking about this in the when we were talking about the last Columbia game against Germany, but Columbia are quite a small team. So if Bunny could eat against any of these sides, <laughs> it's probably going to be some of these Colombian girls Barbecue who chicken. Are, the, are the biggest girls in the world. Like, she could really cause some problems. I think at this point, though, we've got to throw those kind of, like, any stereotype. <laughs> like, we've got to get it all out the window because this World Cup, like, you can't rely on any of these things. Um, it will be interesting to see. I think James makes a really good point about, you know, the freedom that maybe teams find when they've achieved something or if there's nothing left to achieve like I think I've felt like that with South Korea tonight um, and I was actually surprised we didn't see that more with Ireland against Nigeria but you know like you're out like just go for it like play your own game um, and it will be really interesting to see if, if Jamaica can kind of harness that and also equally again having not watched Colombia but it's interesting how momentum can affect these things. You know, like Jamaica are going to come off this massive high and I'm sure Colombia are chuffed they still top the group, but you're still coming off the back of like losing a game and presumably not feeling like you played your best. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how both those teams sort of pick themselves up from those like differing emotional experiences and and then go into this this round of 16. Um, I think it'll be really, really interesting matchup. I don't think Colombia have felt very tested defensively actually yeah I don't think any of the teams like super pushed them um and equally Jamaica have shown that they can defend very well the one thing that I will fear maybe for Jamaica is that Colombia have shown that they I think they're like real queens of the Galazzo at the moment you know um and Linda Caicedo has shown what she can do and I think if Jamaica do sit back I was actually surprised Brazil didn't do this more but like there are lots of players in that Colombia team who are happy to go from it for it from outside the box. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how how maybe they deal with that. But yeah, it's gonna be a, a fascinating matchup. And so many of these round of sixteen ties, just because the group stage has been so unpredictable, feel like brand new. Because like we were sitting in our heads with these ideas of like, oh, we're gonna watch like Germany, Brazil, basically. Like I've got tickets for that game. And like I had it in my head it was gonna be Germany, Brazil. And now I'm just gonna watch like two totally different teams and it's amazing exciting but it's like everything has to be recalibrated <laughs> totally um james did you catch any of righty's instagram live with bunny i was having a haircut. i had to i had was to. it good yeah. i'm so annoyed i missed it i saw some it was, clips oh, but... it was so it was just it was just love it was yeah. just love and i feel sometimes it's important to have people there that understand like mm. i felt like righty really understood what bunny was feeling a lot of people will say it but like you could really tell like how he believed and that's what Jamaica didn't have. They didn't have that much belief. So, oh, it was incredible. We have to talk about Marta, though, because it's oh. it's, it's gutting to see <laughs> oh, her Lord. bow out. Her sixth World Cup, unfortunately, won't get out of the group stage. Hasn't scored either. And, Jesse, it's frustrating for Brazil because we were enlightened after that game against Panama. We were refreshed. They we, catfished me so bad. They did. They catfished <laughs> us. We felt like Yoga Benito was back. The Brazilian Samba was back. We were feeling alive. Like, the, the team looked energised. I was Yoga Benito-ing everywhere. <laughs> we were Yoga Benito through the streets of Brisbane. <laughs> yes. Um, and this... This result is just a bit of a crush back and, and the result against France is just a bit of a crush back down to earth, I think, for what um, the, the the stodgy side of Brazil, which I think has crept into their game the last few years and, and the 
Pia Sunnenhager sort of Brazil, which I think is often defensively robust when it needs to be, but lacks a lot of killer instinct when the when they need it. And they didn't do enough against Jamaica. They didn't really test Jamaica, even though they had a good defensive foundation. They should have been really pushing more and creating more opportunities in that game. Yeah, Brazil, I can't really pinpoint exactly what I feel doesn't work about them because I don't think they actually played that bad. Like if you look across three games, they were fantastic against Panama. They lose out to a Wendy Renard header. Okay, they won't be, they're not the first, they won't be the last on that one. And then Jamaica, they just couldn't find that moment. And I think what was frustrating in the Jamaica game was they struggled to sustain pressure. And I feel like maybe like lots of the credit there has to go to Jamaica for how they disrupted the way Brazil wanted to play. But I think there's also something to answer there about. I don't ever really feel like Sundhaga's found what she wants that, you know, front sort of four, let's call it, because they obviously normally play in a 4-4-2 to look like. Um, you know, Marta came back in this game and and I understood why and I'm glad she played the amount of time she played for it. It would have been a shame for Brazil to go out and we'd only seen like 20 minutes of Marta across three games. But I felt like you could see that her and Dabinia just weren't quite on the same wavelength at lots of points. I think it's disappointing that we've only really seen Carolyn in this sort of more reserved role. I'd have liked to see her get to play further forward. Um, I think JC, when we've seen her, she's like felt disappointing. I know her season maybe hasn't gone exactly how she expected, but I just think it's there's so much talent in the Brazil team. And when it clicks, like, oh my God, it, it really, really clicks. And I think the difference between Brazil and Germany is, you know, I think Germany and their win over Morocco really benefited from Morocco being quite poor. But I, I do still genuinely believe Brazil were fantastic in that game against Panama. Like we saw in the, uh, the France-Panama game yeah. that like Panama are not, like <laughs> yeah. they're no mugs. Like Brazil like took them apart and it's actually kind of been fascinating to see how their game plan maybe hasn't been able to quite adapt to those, to those other teams, whether it was sort of France being able to win the 50-50s and again, kind of Jamaica coming out in those areas as well. It's almost like... They don't have that second game plan. And that's what maybe they were missing in this tournament, that if you're going to get the opportunities to link up, to put the balls into the box to find that space, they'll go for it. They'll get the goals. But as soon as you start disrupting that, it just becomes like crosses and they don't have the attackers who are just going to like go for it. They don't have an Alex Pop basically mm. to then to then be in the middle of it. So, yeah. They're a bit of a confounding team for me. We got another impassioned Marta post-match speech about the next generation, about people carrying on her legacy. And we had a teary pre-match press conference from her, in which, and I'm going to miss that actually the most. Our friend uh, Miriam Walker-Khan on her Instagram this morning put up saying, you know, I'm really going to miss her monologues. And I thought, actually, more than anything, that's probably what I'm going to miss the most from Marta is... Now, with the media training that players get, we don't get people be that honest, open and deliver pre-match like it's an Oscar winning um, speech. <laughs> like that is, we don't see that anymore. And then the pre-match for this game, she was, she had tears in her eyes saying, you know, I had no role models growing up. Now I, we create a legacy. It's about the future. It's amazing. And even looking at all the women now working in media, 
it's just we just don't see that anymore. So I am going to miss her so much. But Jesse, do you, do you think there's reasons to be hopeful as well about you mentioned some of the players there about the future of Brazilian women's football and they can still find the 2007 energy and run again? Yeah, I've been doing some thinking and writing about this because I've been writing about the 2007 World Cup and maybe what the expectations Brazil and Marta had from that tournament and kind of where it ended up going. And I think what I love about Marta has been she's never shied away from making her frustrations around how they didn't develop after that very, very public. And I also think she's such an incredibly self-aware person you know the way she talks about herself and her role is she doesn't shy away from knowing that she's one very good at football and two very important and I I love that because it never feels like it's done with ego it's just like Mm. it's true and it is true um and I think you know her legacy is there on the pitch in terms of you know the players who have come through who've grown up you know they everyone everyone who's like a professional footballer now in their peak years grew up with a Brazilian woman being the best footballer in the world, like across men's and women's football, in my opinion. Like, I I really think she was that good. Um, And I do think that was like an incredible legacy for for players to look up to. I think something that'll be really interesting is, you know, Brazil are obviously in the running to host um, the 2027 World Cup and South America and Africa, I think, are now the only two continents never to have hosted a Women's World Cup. And I do wonder if that's something that's kind of been been lacking sort of culturally there like we've seen obviously you know massive tv audiences for for brazil's very short run at this world cup and it's a shame that that it is that short maybe when that like real like sparks going to ignite but it's something marta's spoken about a lot you know the feeling that like she's maybe been respected more globally than she has in in her own country and i think that's changed over the past uh couple of years but i think i'd what i'd like is to see you know, obviously Brazil have had Pierce and Targa in and I understand why she came with a lot of pedigree and why a country would look to a manager like her. But I think what's been really amazing at this World Cup is seeing lots of teams like reconnect with with managers who are part of their own culture. Like if you're looking like Desiree Ellis at, at South Africa, for example, or, you know, just like Lorne Donaldson, Jamaica as well. And I do wonder if maybe Brazil need to like look back inwards to find a coach who's really going to understand the Brazilian culture and the culture of football and and sort of weave that into the way that they're going to play. Yeah, and I think she's the first foreign manager they've ever had as well. There's something very like when Fabio Capello managed England and everyone like lost their minds about it. It's, it's, it's a surprising one for Brazilian football. Uh, we've got to talk about South Africa though because they pulled off a huge win against Italy and we know Italy have been the biggest flop of this tournament and we saw that going in because yeah. they're an absolute mess. But we have three African teams through to the round of 16 for the first time in the tournament. Morocco, the first Arab nation through South Africa joining Nigeria and Morocco going through. And it's just uh, an immense moment for South Africa, given they are a team that also had huge issues going into this tournament, issues around bonuses. They pro- the, the squad protested a pre-tournament friendly. Desiree Ellis had to bring in some literal kids to play a game against Botswana. She herself has had issues over the last few years. They qualify for 2019. They don't manage to get a single point in that World Cup. 
They now go through. They've got their first win at a World Cup. They are African champions right now, all with, like Jesse said, this inspirational coach leaving the way and an inspirational forward in Tembi Katlana. It's just amazing, isn't it, James, the story that they've been on. And they've been doing it really fearlessly, just pushing forward at every single opportunity. Yeah, and I think, why isn't Desiree Ellis getting put up for best manager and like UEFA awards and stuff like that? I feel sometimes, I hope this World Cup does show people like how great Africa is and how it can't be slept on. And when you are thinking of awards, make sure you're giving awards to African coaches, African players as well, because they're proving it. And sometimes you need to shake people and wake them up like, oh my God, look what South Africa are doing for them to really get their flowers. It's incredible to see. I think Temi Katlana was saying afterwards as well that she had bereavement in the family. Yep. Three of her family members died in the past week. She nearly left the tournament. <sighs> There's an amazing video actually that Molly Hudson shared on her Twitter of Temby going to a zoo, a local zoo in Australia, and feeding a tiger because tiger is her spirit animal. That's so sick. And she wanted to go before the That's game so to channel some of the energy of a tiger. She gets the 92nd minute winner. And there's an amazing post-match speech that BBC have, have shared with Desiree Ellis talking about, you know, the the heroes that South Africa are. And of course, they had massive celebrations afterwards. But they're a team that I really had high hopes for going into this tournament. But I was concerned about the impact of the pre-tournament issues. And I think it's the same with Nigeria. It's the same with yep. Canada. It's the same with Jamaica. But Jesse, the fact that these teams have managed to do all of that and achieve these things off the back of everything going on in their preparations makes it that much better. What do you hope for South Africa in this next round? They've got the Netherlands and we know South Africa are great going forward, but defensively they have struggled. What are, what do you see they might be able to do in this game? Yeah, I think the first thing to say is like what's kind of astounding about all of those teams that you just referenced going through without the support is like, we're only seeing the tiniest tip of like their talent and ability because of the lack of support that they've been given. Totally. And it really feels like, you know, hopefully that their performances and it shouldn't take them getting out of a group stage for, for their federations to pay attention, but you know, that maybe this kind of spurs some people into action. Um, I think in terms of the game against Netherlands, I would worry for South Africa a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. I do think, think that listen the Netherlands have this old back three or not they're not all old but um <laughs> some of them are a little well, bit Sharon old is back sorry there, Dominique Janssen like I keep putting Janssen in and she's not as old as the other one so sorry Dominique um <laughs> and we've seen them like for example defend against Trinity Robin and Sophia Smith and I think that was sort of a uh, front three partnership that people were like oh they're, they're going to struggle against it and they didn't and they they have looked good on a 1v1 but something that's really impressed me about South Africa is it's the movement they make as pairs it's the off-ball movement to create space and to move players out of position and then the precision in their passing when they're in those movements this is why like they're just creating these absolutely killer goal scoring opportunities and I think if they can break on the Netherlands they will find those opportunities there I don't think the Netherlands are as chaotic defensively as mm, you know like obviously not as defensively chaotic as Italy and I think maybe they're like Sweden's level and South Africa did score against Sweden um but yeah my concern would be is that 
from set pieces especially oh my gosh there is a lot of chaos going on there and South Africa have almost done the opposite of Jamaica. Jamaica were like, we won't score and you don't score. And that's how we go through. And South Africa have gone, you can score, but we might score a little bit more. <laughs> um, so I think that tactic might struggle at, at the knockout stage. But hey, at this point, is it worth making any predictions? Because <laughs> they're probably all going to be wrong. It's true. We can't really call anything anymore. But I think what's been great about South Africa, like you say, is the fact that they're just willing to approach every game with a very distinct brave game plan which is we will try and score no matter what we are not here to just park the bus we are going to go for it because that is like our best form of defense is attack and that's the way we're going to play the game we can't play it any other way Uh, we also need to shout out the other Marta, Marta Cox and her ridiculous free kick at the start of the France game, which nearly sent that group into a, even more of a spin. France did come back in the end. The game finished 6-3. Unbelievable. Panama still going for it out of the World Cup, but just wanted to cause chaos. Uh, and that was a, an amazing way to finish it. We now head into a really kind of exciting round of 16 involving some teams that I'm pretty sure none of us thought we're going to be there. I'll quickly run through it before we all kind of pick a game that we're excited about. But we've got Switzerland facing Spain, Japan, Norway, Netherlands, South Africa, Sweden, USA, England, Nigeria, Australia, Denmark, Colombia, Jamaica, and France, Morocco. We've obviously lost some big teams along the way. For me... The one I'm most looking forward to, which is like the troll derby, has got to be Sweden-USA because these are two teams that have met a lot in the past <laughs> at major tournaments. Two teams that do not like playing each other in major tournaments. It's a rivalry for the US that I think is at the same level as facing England or or maybe Germany or or Japan in that sense. It's like the real old, old beast that they've come up against in the past and 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 fallen to. Given everything around the USA at the moment, the chaos, Carly Lloyd's comments, Carly Lloyd's subsequent sort of apology, the Tobin Heath, Kristen Press, YouTube, I don't even know what's going on there. (laughs) Everything is just really, really chaotic right now. And Sweden aren't even playing that well, but they are scoring goals um, and USA aren't defending great. And I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. James, uh, around the 16 tie that you're looking forward to. England versus Nigeria. All the way, I think that's going to be chaos. I remember England versus Cameroon at the World Cup. Oh, God, don't mind me. And that was very feisty. That was a low point. Yeah, so I'm thinking England versus... Oshawala's got something for them. Mary Ups has been having a great time, but I think Oshawala has has got it in their calendar. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how England get tested in that game. Jesse, round of 16, you're most looking forward to? Columbia, Jamaica, I'm going to. And I do think that could be really, really good fun. But I might plump for Japan, Norway... Just because, one, I think Norway are one of the fraud teams who didn't manage to get dumped out. Yeah, that's true. They they should have been dumped. They really should have been dumped. They should have been dumped. Um, Can we swap Norway for Brazil like and Marta? (laughs) Yeah, agree. Because I feel like that would be fair. Agree. No, but I think it's going to be really interesting. I think obviously lots of big teams have gone out and they've mainly kind of gone out from the sort of bottom half of the draw, England side of the draw. Uh, But Japan, I still think are the best team I've seen at the World Cup so far. And I'm very intrigued to see how they look in a sort of crunch tie against Norway, who we know are very talented, but tactically aren't very good because I feel like if Japan could get a comprehensive result 
here the Japan odds are only at the JPH bookie are only <laughs> gonna be getting better or worse. We still haven't figured out which how you describe that. <laughs> I also want to offer you guys an amnesty because we've all made some mistakes along the way with our World Cup predictions. We don't need to get into the detail too much about who was wrong where, but I had Germany down as my favourites to win the World Cup, right? So, you know, we've all we've all we've all had a few mistakes <laughs> along the way. So I'm going to offer you an amnesty in which you can change a prediction that you made and now pick a new golden boot, pick a new golden glove, pick a new winner, pick a new finalist, whatever you want, James. Give me a little amnesty pick for someone that you, like, I got this wrong, but you've woken me up and I've seen the light. Uh, I'll change my my coach. My coach was Beverly Priestman. I, had a, I thought she had a plan. She was going to be your coach of the tournament. Yeah, I, I, I thought she was going to cook. Wow! And unfortunately, the the oven was cold, and <laughs> I, I just don't have to explain it. I, I thought she had something, and I'll change it to Desiree Ellis. Oh yeah, uh, I think Desiree is the people's champion for me. Yeah. I just love her story. The players love her. The country loves her. She, I mean, she's won South African Coach of the Year. I think like four or five times. Yeah. May have been nominated or won CAF as well. I can't remember, but certainly deserves some some bigger recognition on the FIFA stage. Jesse, what's your amnesty? Well, firstly, I'm very good at these. So <laughs> I'm pleased for saying that Colombia would be good and that Germany would not be good. Um, my amnesty, I think I've got two. One that I thought I did think Brazil would be good. Um, even before they beat Panama and that was wrong. And you still had USA um, to do. Well, I mean, they still could, but... Listen, I've said it before. I'm not saying anything about the USA until they're out of this competition. Sorry. Like, I will not trust anything until they are gone. What's that, um, what's um, that uh, horror movie where you say a word too much in the mirror and it appears behind you? What is that horror, mo- horror movie? I can't remember what it is, but it's like, that's basically know, the US at the, the, at the World Candyman. Cup. Is it is Candyman? That? What is it? James, do you know? I don't know. I it's Candyman. Is it Candyman? Yeah, don't say it too many times. I know, times, we've said it twice. Know. Not again. <laughs> anyway, what's your, what's your amnesty? That I did think Alex Morgan would win the Golden Boot. Um, that was part of my theory that the USA would win. And also it was based on logic that, you know, if you get a good chunk of goals, say in one game, and I thought she might get against Vietnam, you're normally quite well set up mm. to, to do well. But um, <laughs> I'm going to back Lauren James for her at this point. Oh, it would she's be on epic. fire. She should, she's on three. She should be on four. She's morally on four already. <laughs> normally you only need six or seven. So she only needs... Two more. Whatever happens, we should oh. just change the wiki, whatever happens, and just put her extra goal there. <laughs> Give her the extra goal. Um, Germany have, have obviously provided me with the, with an amnesty straight away because I did have them down as, as my favourites. So it's so hard to pick a replacement because this World Cup is wide open and, yeah, you can't make predictions now because yeah. whatever happens, you're probably going to look silly. But based on the group stages, what I've seen so far... Japan have rocked my world and I think Japan have a very good chance at winning this World Cup. So we will have to wait and see. James, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. It's been a a joy. Mama made it. We finally got you in the studio. <laughs> Jesse, uh, see you soon. Becky's on her way, so you'll be reunited soon. And um, I won't, I'll, I'll be there in a few days, but uh, enjoy the next few games. Where are you up to next? You're on to that Columbia-Jamaica game. That's your next one. No, next up is it's England-Nigeria, Oof. and then I'm off to Melbourne for Columbia-Jamaica. So, so that England game's in Brisbane, isn't it? 
Yeah, so it all gets real on on Monday. <laughs> Knockout football, I'm baby. I feel nervous just saying Knock it. Oh my god, football. it's gonna be the third time I see Nigeria, so I'll be a real Nigerian football expert wow. by the time the tournament's over. Wow, can't wait! Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be back on Saturday. It's obviously a rest day for the World Cup tomorrow, so get that rest because it's been a relentless couple of weeks. We'll see you all then.